Hello everyone, this is Brian Kirker with Good Dog Workshop, and I'm here with Carlos Marino as always. Thank you, Bam. How's it going? We are your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with dog's nature, not against it. In short, we're here to teach you how to speak dog. So today's topic is the uh, the TV show Pitbulls and Paroles. Um, you've seen a couple of these episodes at least, right, Carlos? Yeah, and this is something that I knew about, but I didn't know they were still on. Uh, I didn't have cable TV, as it were, but I was surprised and pleasantly, um, you know, uh, I guess excited to see that they're still going on. And the show's actually gotten better than what I remember it from. So I saw uh, one or two episodes. The one we saw was season seven, I believe. Yeah, and I think the show's been on for 10 years or so. The one the episode that we're going to talk about specifically today is season se- 7, episode 6, called Shock to the System. Um, so there's a couple things going on in, the, in this episode. Yeah, why this um, episode, basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I want to talk generally about uh, about a few things about the um, uh, about the show and the uh, and the staff and all the all the great work they do. But uh, but a couple things about this episode is one when um, Matt and Tanya go to kind of a you know a, 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 the end of a road. It's not a, quite a junkyard, but it's where people dump junk to to um, to yeah off the highway or something. Yeah, yeah off the highway to to get a a, a dog who's. Uh, stray who's been living there um they have a bit of an experience there so i'd like to talk about uh, uh about the differences between their approach of the of the dog and then also you know a sad thing a dog gets hit by a car and animal control brings it to them um yeah. and so how they deal with uh, with uh with that um and but but generally the you know a couple things i want to start off with is is number one i have a ton of respect for for these people um you know, yeah. uh, they, these people are first and foremost, they're extremely selfless. They, Tanya and her and her girls and the uh, and the two sons, um, these people just, you know, do whatever it takes to to rescue dogs and 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 help them. You know, they're they're picking saw an episode where they're picking wolf hybrids out from underneath a uh, uh, a, a building they're pulling up plywood to get these dogs out because the dogs wow. are nervous and they must have had i don't know if it was seven or ten they wow. they were spent all afternoon getting these dogs because the sheriff's department had said whatever animals you don't rescue that were abandoned uh will you know will be euthanized but i think they i think they had actually said, said shot so they were literally under the gun and digging in this house and two wow. people got bit doing it so you know and these people didn't put gloves on which i think is is you know, maybe not the smartest way to go, yeah. but either, either way, they're very selfless. They're very dedicated to what they do, and they're very brave. They do stuff that I'm like, I, you know, yeah. I would do. And they're that. also in the. They're also down south when it's really hot. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it New Orleans? I guess. Yeah, yeah. In New, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. This this Joe. So I'm sorry. This show is based in New Orleans. They used to be in uh, Tehachapi. Um, California, but they ran into too many problems with regulations and codes and stuff. So they ended up moving to New gotcha. Orleans. So yeah, half the year, uh, it's kind of rainy and flooded and the other half of the year it's boiling hot down there yeah. and humid. And so yeah, and they'll drive by the way, and they'll drive every anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> they'll just go and, and, and have cross country trips just for one dog. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do a lot of, uh, a lot of driving in this show. And, and one of the things that I think is, is unusual is when they adopt out a dog, they will go to the adopter's home. So the epi- an episode I just finished watching, they drove up to uh, Massachusetts yep. to 
do the home visit, which I've been in rescue for 20 years. So you go and you do a home visit and you see how the house is and, and make sure that everything's safe and see about the yard and the fence, but also get a feel for the family. And if this is going to be the right match, the right lifestyle. And you and I talked about that in an earlier podcast. Um, but the, you know, it's usually one of the four main people in this show take time out of their you know week to go and drive to Massachusetts to yeah. you know Georgia to Las Vegas wherever to do the home visit and and drop the dog off which i don't think is the greatest use of resources um but you know these people are very uh, dedi- yeah. dedicated uh, I, I think it also makes for like a a, a good show you know sure. kind of so who knows how much that plays into it but you're right man these people are are very um uh, selfless and very committed. And I think actually the, if I recall correctly, she said it was 1700 mile trip or maybe to, 1600. to, uh, to Las Vegas, that one trip, uh, that one trip. Yeah. We talk about that too. Cause that was, that was very disappointing, but this episode's called shock, shock to, the, to system, the system season seven, episode six. If you want to follow along, uh, assuming you have access, uh, it's 40 minutes or so commercials with commercials. Um, but this was interesting. It was this the episode where the pit bull uh, was adopted by the family and then they returned it. Yeah, in in Las Vegas, they had it for less Man, than four was... hours and and then called and yeah. said, from from what uh, from what Tia said to the camera to to us the viewers said within twenty four hours they called to have them come and wow. pick up the dog and so. Uh, Mariah, uh, uh, Mariah was on the road, and I guess she turned around and, and went back to, to Las Vegas to get the dog. So she drove one and a half times to, to Vegas and back. Man. Yeah, so th- this is truly a committed bunch of, of people. And it's a great show because there's also the, there's the pit bull part of it and the parolees part of it, too. So Yeah, and that's and that's a whole other thing. We're not really going to – our intention is not to to address that tonight, although that is a um, – you know, this is a great thing and to give to give people a second yeah. chance. Yeah, it's and, a second chance is basically the, the word I was going to uh, – uh, fish for but you're absolutely right second chance but since we're doing dog stuff and not i don't know i'm <laughs> parolees myself so so we can't speak too much about that but just so you guys know it is pitbulls and parolees so they do cover a little bit of both yeah yeah um so uh you know a couple of the things that i wanted wanted to talk about and this is where I, where i start to get critical of uh of of these of these people and i you know i'd be love to love to work with them i'd actually called them and left a message and they called back but we kept missing each other um because i'd love to work with them to to help them hone their skills more in number one, how to approach dogs in yeah. you know, number two, who to send to work with certain, you know, certain dogs, whether they're trying to, to capture the dogs off the, off the road or whether they're going to teach a dog something. Um, but, you know, kind of, kind of help them hone their, hone their skills a little, a little more, certainly not as, as far as being selfless or brave. They've, they've got, uh, got that yeah. in spades. Um, but a couple of things that that uh, that always strike me is they they always not all the characters but all almost all the people when they are first trying to to um, to rescue a dog astray they start with voice from a distance you know they know don't to park too close don't spook the dog by you know having too many people out or having the cameras out but they start with voice which is exact opposite of what they should be doing again because dogs don't do that with each other yeah i think they're hoping that if the dog had a home prior to then maybe the dog will respond to this high pitch 
uh, usually feminine sound of "Hey, puppy, hey, baby, hey, mama." They keep they using the word "mama." Come on, mama. Yeah, I, I, that that may be that may be kind of a, an area, a regional thing. You know, Southerners maybe use that yeah. term more, and you know, even even some of the men use it, but they start with voice. And I I get that if they're thinking that the dog had a home, you know, that's fine. But to me, that's more of human psychology. Is you're trying to soothe a person, so you use a voice, a friendly, soothing voice. Whereas with a dog, the dog doesn't care about that. They're going on body language, energy, movements, and smell first and foremost. And, you know, sound is going to, is going to be far down the, the And low. how much, um, sorry, go ahead. And no, I was just oh. going to say sound is, is definitely further down on the list than, uh, than, than sound and, and uh, I mean, than, um, than smell and, and body language and energy. And actually, interesting, interesting thing you said, um, it's not natural to a dog, but in this particular episode, there was a scene where Matt was attempting the initial attempt to go and capture this pit bull that was apparently abandoned on the side of the highway. And I don't know that he made much sound, but the dog came charging at him and basically scared him out of any further attempts. So I guess my question is, how much does this high pitch sound that we sometimes make for puppies and then continue to make it for adult dogs how much does that harm people who don't make sounds because the dog maybe then is conditioned to go well only if you make the sound are you friendly because this is what i'm used to that's an interesting question i think i think it's learned behavior from having worked there because a lot of these a lot of the the employees you know the, the some of the younger family members but also the staff members seem to be mimicking everything that tia kind of the main character the, okay, you know yeah. the, the, the parents started all this so they're going to use the voice they're going to use treats all the time which is another thing that i would not i would not start with um, so I think they're they're in most cases mimicking her, and I think what Tia does is what I've always done is hire people based on how they are rather than the knowledge that they have about about dogs because that can always be taught. So I think a lot of people come in and you know don't have much knowledge about dogs and maybe don't have much knowledge about um, you know making contact or capturing a. Yeah. Uh, a dog that needs to be rescued so they're just kind of mimicking her and they're starting with voice and and i would say it's it it seems to be more prevalent for the women in the show to use voice or use a lot more voice than than the men um but i'd have to have to watch a few more episodes to, to see if that is yes. the, that is the case yeah but you see where the chicken or the egg came first right, right. but but in, in this particular case the guy was unsuccessful he was charged at like a bluff charge, it looked well, like to me. And I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think the way it looked like, it's hard to tell from the camera because they had the camera pretty far back, but there was, you know, at this dead end where all this junk was piled up, yeah. there, was a, there was like a, a chest of drawers there. And I think, based on a later camera shot, the dog was laying in the sun of that chest of drawers, and I think Matt walked right next to that chest of drawers without uh -huh. realizing that the dog was right there. I think he was looking off into the bushes oh, and yeah. so he came right around the corner of that piece of furniture and probably startled the dog. And then the dog barked and kind of lunged at him. But, you know, clearly, cause we've seen this thousands of times, clearly the dog was not trying to, to hurt him or be aggressive. She was just saying, Hey, get out of my space. You're too close yeah. to me now. Cause she didn't make contact with him. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, he jumped and he hooted and hollered and, and backed off a, a, a bit, but he's a, he's a real good natured guy. You know, I'd love to meet this guy. Super, super nice guy, it seems. Um, and he didn't, 
he didn't seem scared, just startled. But in, you know, his interviews with the camera and then, and then Tanya's interviews with the camera, maybe yeah. he, he kind of was scared and said, you know what, I'm not the right person to do this right now because yep. I got off on the wrong foot with this dog. Um, and then they switched to, uh, to the, I think she's the older daughter, Tanya. Yeah. And she actually was successful. She had a leash, a slip lead, I guess. And she was able to slowly move in, even though the dog a few times ran off into the bushes, came back, ran off into the bushes. Right. Who knows with the power of edit- editing it looks something that looks like uh take 30 seconds could have been an hour and a half. Who knows? So. Yeah. Probably wasn't too much more than that based on the, how the sun was in the first shot yeah. towards the end. And, but yeah, she got out kind of, off in the woods a little bit to give it a wide berth and then slowly approached. And she was using a lot of voice and, and throwing a lot of treats to the dog. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. She was just trying to get the dog to, what they did, they did capture that dog and, and, uh, took it back and, and, uh, which they should have done because they're, they're, they're right to do that because in the heat, I think it must've been summertime. Yeah. They said it was above 90 degrees that day. Yeah. And it's just, it's just rough going. And so I'm glad they were there to, uh, to take over, but you say you wouldn't have done it the way they did it. How would you suggest, or how do you see yourself having uh, in that position taken over, and and what what would you have done differently? Well, I mean, anyone can be startled by a dog if they don't know where it is. So you know, if I if I hadn't seen where the dog was and was startled by it, I would have done exactly what Matt does, and I, you know, I probably would have jumped back and given the dog some more space. But then I would have made myself very plain and very visible to the dog from then on out, and it kind of seemed like they were um, they were still circling around the dog, trying to figure out the the best approach rather than you know making sure that the dog could see them, you know, at all times and, and from, from any angle and then just be patient and let the dog, um, you know, wear itself out, let the heat take, uh, take its toll on the dog. So the dog realizes, you know what, I, this guy, you know, set out water for me or, or food or, or, or whatever and have the dog, um, just ev- eventually submit to the process but to move towards me, I wouldn't keep pushing myself towards the dog because I've, yep. you know, we've done that so many where we've, we've coached people on not to do that so many times with dogs is the dog will come to you when, when it's ready. If you keep forcing yourself on the dog, you're pushing a bad position. You're more likely to provoke a bad response or to, yeah. to make the dog run away. So that's and, one thing I would have done differently. And for me, I, I've just always learn to just be low to the ground sometimes to the point where you've seen this brian why go completely flat <laughs> yeah yeah and and both of these people did did stay squatted down most of the whole time so I, I definitely give them credit for that um you know and the other thing tanya she went up to the dog and she even said I, i'm sure it's an off-camera interview after the fact but she said i was a foot away from this dog and didn't know if he was going to bite me or not but you know she just continued being brave and pushed forward and uh, had her hand out and, and looped the dog. And, and I think she had even said that this was in all her years of, of working with her mom with rescuing dogs. This was the first time she had ever done a capture on her own, which yeah, on I, her was, own, yeah. I was surprised at, but you know, she just went ahead and did it and she didn't sound real confident. And, um, you know, she never looks all that confident to me either. So I, I absolutely give her a ton of, ton of credit for that. The other thing that I wish these people would do, and I advise people on Facebook or, or, you know, clients who call me, when you're looking for a lost dog or when you're trying to get a dog to come to you, use another dog to make contact with it. Because That's a good most, point. 
Most of the times dogs are going to come up to another dog before they're going to come up to another person. So I would have gone out there with either Vivian or, or red or Ariel, um, you know, and see, can this dog, can one of my dogs bring this stray dog out quicker than I could by myself? Yeah, that's a good point. I, the little bit of, the little bit I've seen, a little bit of of this I remember, especially the one I watched recently. I don't see them using other dogs. No, I've I've never seen them do it in a in a stray situation. I've seen them do it once or twice in an indoor situation after they, you know, they've got the dog and they've had it for a while and worked with it a little bit. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they or or anyone else realizes that you know use the same species and chances are you're going to get better or quicker results. Uh, yeah. You know, which which is one of the reasons why why I always have my dogs with me on appointments because you know they're speaking the the language with uh, without any kind of accent, whereas I'm going to always have a an accent of of English in in my dog communication with uh, with dogs. So why not yeah. use them to them to help? Um, well, and then you brought up a good point too when uh, using your dogs. You mentioned that they'll be able to give you some feedback on the other sure. dog, even oh, from yeah. afar. Even from afar, you'll be able to kind of sense. Okay. I, then they're not sure about the duck, so I should be more prepared. So. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know that it, you can read that information no matter which way it's going. So if I bring Red out and a dog sees that dog and is yeah. like, I need to go take care of business, and the dog comes charging me, I know that okay, this dog has is going to be reactive to dogs, but at least the dog would be coming towards me. If he saw Red and ran away, then I would say, okay, I don't want to use Red for, uh, to assist with with this dog. And oddly enough, that happened on our walk tonight up at. Um, at the old uh, the old Air Corps base um, here in uh, here in Vent Hill, is we saw a guy walking a uh, it was it actually was a pit bull, um, and Red saw him from probably you know forty yards away or something, and Red got stiff and his ears went up and and yeah. his tail went up and I saw the pit bull and his uh, shoulders were square and his head was unmoving as he was walking towards us. I was like, okay, these guys have already um, you know read each other and and they want to uh, they want to. Um, they want to bristle up and, and show some body language and, and talk some smack to each other. So, you know, yeah. he pulled his dog to the side and I corrected red and gave, gave him some space. Um, but either, either way you can use another dog to tell you what the, what the other dog is thinking or what your dog thinks about that other dog. And that can give you a, a load of information, but at the very least, maybe just enough information so that you know more about that dog and realize, Oh, okay. So I'm going to modify my approach and and change things this way when working with this dog. So I you know I don't see a reason not to use another dog in a situation like that. So I wish I wish more people would would do that or at least recognize that that's that's an option. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe people just don't don't trust their own dogs. Who knows what how how uh, yeah that could be how common that is. But anyway, that's what we always talk about. Hey, make sure you know your dog. Make sure your dog's balanced. Uh, yada yada. Things will be a lot smoother, and then you'll be able to do things like this and use your dog for for something like. Uh, approaching a new dog or trying to capture a, a, a lost dog, whatever the situation may be. Um, but yeah, absolutely essential. And I would think that they would at some point try to, to incorporate that. But I guess you've seen most of these episodes and they're on season 10 or 11 now. 10, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. The other thing I like about the show is, unlike other dog shows, I get the sense that they don't shy away from the harsh realities of of uh, uh rescuing dogs so there's a there was an unfortunate scenario where a dog was brought in and was hit by a car and it was sad to hear that 
man, there wasn't a vet or a vet hospital within 50 miles. So they were tr- the the uh, I guess the uh, animal control animal control gentleman captured this dog. It looked like a dachshund or something, and it had been hit and it looked like it had internal bleeding. And they made an attempt to drive this dog 50 miles as it's bleeding out to the shelter. So it, even though it's sad, sometimes we can learn something from that, right? Sometimes we need to see the harsh realities and go, man, we really, people really need to look at and do they have control of their dogs? Um, are the dogs going to run away? And if they do, will they come back? And if they don't come back, these are things that could happen, right? Yeah, so. definitely. And, you know, another way to look at that or, or to gain from that would be next time I'm driving on the road and I, I see a stray dog. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll stop and pull over and, and try and help it because I, I have seen what could happen to this dog. So absolutely got to give these yeah. people credit for, for showing some harsh realities, but also facing that on a daily, if not, or, or weekly basis and, you know, uh, persevering through their, through the rescue work. Cause that's, that's traumatic to have to go through. Yeah. Emotionally it, taxing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Very, very emotionally taxing. I, w- uh, I would, I would think it's like a doctor or a nurse that has to work in ER. Sure. You know, you just, you try to do the best you can and then some make it, hopefully most of them make it, some unfortunately don't, but people yeah. still need to get on with the job, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and the, 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 the kind of ending to that story was the animal control officer went back to that same area, I guess, later on that day or the next day. And I found, think it was a few days, like one or two days. Yeah. Okay. Found, found six or seven of the, of what they believed to be the, that dog's puppies. So if they hadn't found yep. this dog so yep. in, a, in a weird way if the dog hadn't gotten bit hit by the car and been found these puppies might never have been you know found yeah or, or known that that they existed so yeah uh, you know they got those dogs and, and got them they had fire ant bites on them and stuff and so they showed i guess a few weeks of of time passing and the dogs look healthy and and seemed very happy so you know that was that was kind of a um yeah, an unforeseen upside to to that sad story there. Yeah, what is it? This a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. Every every cloud has a silver lining. So yeah. The other thing that bummed me out, and I think this is the part that I have to work on personally. But man, people people really disappoint me. And this show, there was a family in the beginning. If you recall, there was a family, oh, right. young family, husband, wife, and I think there was a boy and a girl. Or, yeah, boy and a girl. The girl was a little bit older than the boy, but the boy was maybe six, five. The girl was maybe ten. And they came in and were trying to adopt a pit bull, potentially, for their family, right? Right. And the thing that bugs me is is these people went out of their way to try to find the right fit for their dog. And they said, no pressure. They brought one dog up. I got, I got to you know greet meet and greet. They brought another pit bull up. Okay, this one is attached to dad, but not so much the mom. They brought the third one up. I think it was Artemis, a white pit bull, very loving. The kids were happy about it, and they decided to go and adopt it. And then that's what we talked about earlier, where we where we uh, uh, introduced the uh, the episode here is that they ended up saying never mind, never mind. Within less than twenty four hours, this dog right. looks. I think the actual sad. the actual word yeah was the dog looks sad like it wants to leave the house can you come right. can you come pick it up so I don't I don't know what to make of that I'm like wow that's crazy you know so so sometimes those things happen too and and people need to to see the what's out there it's not just quote unquote bad people making bad decisions that you would maybe 
guess would make those decisions when it comes to being irresponsible. Sometimes it's just families too. Families don't make the right decisions either. So, so everyone maybe uh, needs to look at that and go, oh man, we really need to start making wise decisions because there's a lot of resources at stake. In this case, people were nice enough to go get the dog back, but that's not always the case. And and sometimes people will say, you know what, we're gonna dump this dog somewhere else. So yeah, yeah, dump it at the shelter or by the side of the road or. Or whatever. So you know, once again, we give we give um, Villalobos Rescue. That's the name of the the group the, of the pit bulls and Prolia show. We give them a, a lot of credit for standing by their dogs and going back to pick the dog up. And I'm yeah. sure in in a van that was a lot of gas money to drive, however many hundreds of miles, uh, in the time that she had driven back before they called to go get that dog and you know give it another shot with a different family, but to bring it all the way back. Um, but it's, it sounds like, uh, sounds like these people do a pretty thorough job of screening their, their applicants for, for these dogs and, you know, yeah. having, having been in rescue for so long, that's a tough thing to do because a lot of people don't recognize what things to look for, you know, when they're talking to someone, what to listen for, when they see the house, when they see the yard, when they see the family interacting with the dog, when they see the family interact with each other those kinds of things to look for. So I really give them a lot of, a lot of credit. I have a lot of respect for these, these people to be able to, to do that. Um, and actually, and actually after, I don't know if you saw this part, but after, I think it was after the credits or shortly after they actually did an update on that dog and they actually did find it's it, it, a, a home with a young couple. And oh no, I missed a, that. Yeah, yeah. They showed a video clip of, of them playing in the yard. So the, oh, the dog, dog actually got adopted in, in his, uh, in a home now. Um, but, the point here being that this show can be tough to watch, but it's very insightful, and it really shows you what it is to sacrifice and commit um, to a, a uh, um, an activity or or a, I don't know if you want to call it a volunteer type duty um, to constantly rescue these dogs and drive and try to rehabilitate them, try to match them, uh, try to make sure they're not uh, high risk, make sure they're not they're they're not uh, in harm's way and getting bit and that sort of thing. So it's 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 a, they pack a lot to this forty minute show. Yeah, they usually do kind of three different segments, and I guess the tie in was where they went to get that first dog that startled Matt was the same place where they found Artemis originally, you know, a couple of years ago or or something. So they you All know right. they usually have some kind of kind of theme with these shows. Again, this this episode was called Shock to the to the System. So yeah. uh, was there any any other comments you wanted to make about this? Uh, no, I would just say that that you know, be prepared. You know, it's not it's not the, always going to be a happy ending, but it really, for me, the takeaway for me is, and I hope it's for for people as well, is that man, really appreciate what you have, right? If you have a dog, uh, and um, and things are going well, you know, be appreciative of that, and and if you have the time and the resources, consider volunteering in some way or shape or form, donating or. I know Brian used to do this uh, volunteering at the shelter or fostering. I mean, it it, it is a tremendous need, and, and it almost seems like a, a thematic thing that uh, I think Tia says every time they open up the show. They go, "We're running out of space." Right. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we good lord. Yeah, we just just rented a new building. It used to be fifty pit bulls or a hundred pit bulls and three hundred pit bulls, and I don't know what they're what they're up to now or how many buildings yeah, they have. But saying, uh, in the uh, in the, the the camera shots where they're doing a voiceover. Sometimes you can see 12 employees just in one building at one time. And so you, you got to imagine they they must have dozens of employees working this, um, you know, helping, helping these, these hundreds of, of dogs on a daily basis. So yeah, really, really have a lot of respect for these people, you know, and that gives me, 
gives me an idea. We need to do a podcast on volunteering. You know, yeah, tell, absolutely. Tell people yeah. what's what's involved and 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 how rewarding that is. You know, to be able to help an animal, whatever you're whatever you're doing. So yeah, and there's a, and there's a lot of levels of volunteering. There's oh, not sure. you don't always have to take in an animal and say, oh, okay, well now I have this huge risk. No, you can show up for an hour, walk a dog. You can donate money, donate food. You know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, that. lots of different different ways. Cool. So. Okay. Uh, well, everyone, thanks for thanks for listening. We appreciate your uh, your attention on this, and hope you give uh, give pit bulls and parolees a a shot. I, like we said, we think it's still it's still going. The last um, episodes we saw were dated to late two thousand eighteen, so I believe it's it's still on in its ninth season. I said or our tenth season. Yeah, at least uh, ten. Yeah. Yeah, so give it a give it a shot. Think think there's a lot to a lot to learn from that show. And as usual, if you have any any questions for us, feel free to contact us. You can email me at Brian at gooddogworkshop.com or call me directly at 703-489-1319 or contact us through Facebook or YouTube. And please um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out our videos. We've got some funny videos up now with uh, with Vivian and Carlos and the um yeah, absolutely. Was, the the attack pig, <laughs> and, the, the, and, the, and the and the and the goats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and the acrobatic goats. Yeah. Um, so, anything you, anything else you want to add before we sign off, Carlos? No. Well, I'm in Austin, Texas, uh, so we do have access there. I was visiting with you, but I'm actually in Austin, Texas, permanently. If there is a chance, someone wants to reach out to me uh, for resource purposes. You know, through Brian, I'm available for uh, consultation, appointments, that sort of thing. Yeah, and absolutely. You're, you're in Warrenton, Virginia, right? Which is west of that is it 20, 25 miles west of uh, D.C. or 30, 30? Uh, I think I think it's more like 40, 45 or 50. Oh, OK. DC. All right. Um, yeah. And that's that's something else is is please, if anyone has any, any questions, we also do phone consults as well. And and sometimes a phone consult is all people people need. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter where you would be in the country to to call us for that. Yeah. Or, or you know, questions you have. We haven't covered something. We're ha- happy to go over them as well. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We appreciate it and we will see you next time. All right. See you next time.